2: Welcome back to Check the Locks Presents True Crime for the Short on Time. As always, I'm John Connor.
0: I'm Olivia Cornu.
2: Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying, bite-sized true crime case. This is the first Short on Time of 2024. And Olivia, this is our 60th Short on Time episode. which That's
0: crazy to me.
2: Yeah, super crazy. And we're dropping them on Thursdays now. So if you're listening and you're wondering why this came out on Thursday instead of Wednesday, we're going to be dropping short on times on Thursday just to kind of give more time for editing and preparation so we're not as, you know, back to back trying to cram things in. So just a heads up there. But
0: be honest, John, to keep our sanity.
2: Yes, 110%. (laughs) But as always, Olivia, it is wonderful to see you. How are you? How is your week been? How's getting over COVID?
0: Uh, Getting over COVID is good. I am probably about 95 to almost 100%, I would say. Still got a little congestion going on, but overall my energy level's great. Um, it's kind of a weird week for me this week at work because I've been working at um, the same hospital for about the last eight years and it is closing. So it's kind of an emotional weird week and switching from one hospital to the next and moving patients around and just kind of remembering the memories. So I'm kind of having a, a, an emotional busy Happy, excited week. How about you?
2: I'm doing well. And I definitely understand, you know, change can be scary, especially when you've been one place forever. And, you know, now you're going to be working someplace completely new. But I told you on the phone, I know that you've got this. You're a resilient warrior. You're a fierce spirit with a fiery soul. You've got this 110%.
0: (laughs) No, I'm actually really excited. My new ICU is brand new and beautiful. And I've never worked in a brand new ICU. So I'm really excited
2: that's awesome. I'm very excited for you. And, you know, I, I, just hope that you absolutely love it. And you know, if you need anything, I'm here for you. And the listeners are always here in the Facebook group and on Instagram. We'll, we'll lift you up if you need it. And I will say, you know, you said you're about 95 to hundred percent recovered. I was going to say, you look about 98.75% recovered. So I am feeling pretty good about that. Thanks. came on smiling, you weren't dragging or anything like that, so.
0: I'm actually really tired and kind of have a headache, but I'm here for you, John, and our listeners.
2: Let's do this. I know, you know, as always, right, we want to quit with the Gabby Gabby, get, get into the stabby stabby, stabby stabby stabby. But before we jump into this week short on time, last Monday, we did drop our best of 2023 recap episode. Olivia, you and I counted down our top three episodes of the year and we asked our listeners, hey, what were your favorite episodes? And I realized that I made a mistake and I want to correct it. Lisa in the Facebook group, she had actually shared hers and I, and just an oversight. I forgot to read it. I didn't see it. And I want to make sure that we share that because she took the time to share with us and it was important that, you know, we read those out as well. So Lisa shared that her top three were bad friends, which we talked a little bit about on Monday's episode, a beloved teacher, and then the move-in murder. So, Lisa, thank you so much for listening and for sharing your top three. And again, if you want to share your top three episodes, reach out to us on the socials, join the Facebook group. We would love to hear what you thought of our 2023 year and what three cases stood out to you. Now, with that being said, Olivia, are you ready to quit with the Gabby Gabby?
0: Get with the stabby stabby, John. Come on.
2: All right. Now, I do want to give you a heads up. This is a short on time episode, and this episode is going to be the epitome of that. It is breaking news. It just happened a couple of days ago, so there hasn't been a lot of development, but I found the story. I thought it was super interesting, and I wanted to share it. So if you're cool with the little shorty shorty, we'll go ahead and jump on in. Does that sound okay?
0: Sounds perfect.
2: All right. Let's do it. On January 1st, in Nashville, Tennessee, 76-year-old Jackie Glynn disappeared. Her husband, Joseph Glynn, had reported her missing, saying that he had last seen his wife at the couple's home. On January 5th, a silver warning, which is like an amber alert for elderly people, was issued for the woman reading, Please help us find Jackie Glynn, 76, who was last seen on January 1st at her Abbott Martin Road home. She drives a black 2010 Toyota RAV4 SUV with a Tennessee plate and has mobility issues. Joseph told police and his family that he believed his wife had left because of a terminal illness. But when questioned by the police, something didn't seem quite right. And soon, the truth would come to light. Under pressure from authorities, Joseph Glynn made a shocking admission. The 70-year-old man had beaten his wife to death with a hammer inside their Smithville, Tennessee home. Glynn then confessed to driving his wife's body to a piece of property in the area that the couple owned together. Now, on December 16th, a few weeks prior to Jackie's disappearance, Joseph Glynn had hired a contractor to dig a large hole on the couple's property. Glynn reportedly told the contractor that the hole was for a burn pit. But the police had their doubts as this, quote, burn pit measured six feet wide, 10 feet long, and six feet deep, roughly the size of a grave. And when police arrived and dug up the freshly filled hole, they found a horrific sight. It was there under layers of fresh dirt and old roofing shingles that the police discovered Jackie Glenn's badly beaten body buried inside of a plastic box. Now, after the murder... Joseph loaded his wife's car onto a trailer and drove it to a friend's home, 29-year-old Anthony Tate Rooster Miller. Once the vehicle had been dropped off, Glynn sent Miller a text message letting him know that the vehicle had arrived, and by 10.30 that evening, Glynn had returned to get the car. After leaving, he eventually dumped it where it would later be found abandoned on Barnes Mill Road. Glynn also disposed of the hammer he used to kill his wife at a local trash dump site. He also allegedly admitted to selling some of Jackie's belongings shortly after her murder. Now, only a few days later, Glynn contacted a local realtor wanting to sell that family piece of property in Smithville. After the confession, Joseph Glynn was arrested on Saturday, January 7th. He's been charged with criminal homicide, abuse of a corpse, and evidence tampering, and he currently remains in custody on over a million-dollar bond. Rooster Miller is not accused of being an accomplice in Jackie's death, only giving false information to the police. He is on a $10,000 bond, and his court date is set for January 25th. As for Glenn's claim that his wife was suffering from a terminal illness, her doctor has since refuted that, saying she suffered from no such thing. And that's this week's Short on Time. Olivia, what are you thinking? Where's your head at?
0: I have so many questions right now, John. Why do the does a 70-year-old need to kill his wife? Number two, why so brutally? Number three, again, why at seventy years old are you choosing to kill your wife, try to sell your home, sell her stuff? Like it's like he's trying to escape from something. Who's the other woman? What has a little trance on him? Like there's more to the story.
2: I definitely agree with you. As I was going through, I was like, there's a piece of the story that we don't know yet. And I think that's mm-hmm. what i found so interesting and why I wanted to cover it. Because at that age, right, sev- your wife is 76, you're 70. I would imagine, although it didn't say it in any of the articles, but I would imagine if you're that age, you've probably been together for a while. I want to know what it is that incited this behavior. It could be anything. It could be gambling debts or, you know, maybe you owe money to somebody or, you know, I don't know, but it it definitely feels like there is something a little bit deeper going on. And like you said, just how brutal it is. It's so sad to think of this 76-year-old woman and, you know, again, she had mobility issues, she couldn't get around very quickly, and then to think that your husband would just beat you to death with a hammer, it's I mean, I saw your faces. We were going through and I mean, you were definitely wincing and it's like, like, why you got to do something like that? You know?
0: Yeah. There's just a lot more to the story that we don't know. Me as a medical professional, I'm like, how disabled was she? But number two, if like they had a, like say they just talked as a couple and she was like, put me out of my misery. He wouldn't, you wouldn't beat your wife to death. Like why did he do that? And why so gruesome? And I just don't, 76 and 70 years old, like your life, you're at the median, like you're at life expectancy age. Like, does he think they're going to live for another 20 years? I don't, I just don't understand. And I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone talking about being an age, but like, that's just common knowledge. The average age is like, is about that age, you know? So I just, I don't know. I have so many questions. I need this to go to court so he can answer my questions.
2: Yeah. And that was another really interesting part. It's like, they don't know what the motive is. He yeah, admitted why? to doing these things but at least police haven't shared what the motive is but it does seem you know it's probably money related if he's trying to sell her stuff and then sell their property you know
0: right and who is he
2: right like what like what is his background and i think this happened she disappeared on january 1st it's now january 10th so it this story has unfolded over the last 10 days and he wasn't even arrested until the seventh. So, you know, it's still very, very new. But when I was thinking about short on times and like those stories that are just kind of grabbing headlines, cause I haven't seen this nationally, but luckily, you know, the local Nashville news stations and newspapers have been covering it extensively. So it was very interesting to be like, I don't know if anybody anywhere else in the country knows that this is happening, you know?
0: Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I haven't watched the national news here lately. But I mean, th- uh, this is what this is why we created short on times, you know, and just to like hear about things that are happening locally or things that are just happening in the world and this right now. And you know, this is a wild case, so I'm interested to see where it goes.
2: Yeah, the other thing that I found in the research as well is, you know, he was saying that he paid this contractor to dig this burn pit right like oh i need a burn pit like is that the average
0: size of a burn pit do we know that
2: no i don't believe so
0: i'm like do you need a burn pit don't you just like burn on your land like build a bonfire type burn pile don't you make a burn pile
2: so where i used to live before we live in the house that we live now we rented a house and that house had a burn pit it was a fire pit and it was huge but it was Mm -hmm. circular and it was not six feet deep it was just a huge circular yeah, put your
0: logs in and sit out by the fire pit.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think burn pits too, like you burn trash and, you know, stuff like that out here. We you know, people burn garbage and all sorts of stuff. Uh I may or may not know somebody who burned an entire couch in a burn pit, just set an old seventies couch on fire. That was kind of fun. Uh it was like a tire fire if I was there allegedly. But it just I mean the smoke was straight black it looked like somebody was burning a pile of tires it was insane not good for the environment but it definitely wasn't six feet wide 10 feet long and six feet deep like you right. were trying to bury somebody you know and the neighbor was like yeah there was a big hole there and then all of a sudden it was filled in and so the cops were like well that's probably first place well, we should probably, check
0: yeah mm-hmm. one would think anyways that was interesting
2: yeah well when it comes to the deadbolt test i know there's a lot of unanswered questions and things we want to know but where does the murder of Jackie Glenn fall on your deadbolt test?
0: You know, I'm going to put it right smack in the middle of five. And that's just because I don't know the motive (laughs) and we may never know the motive. I think it's terrifying that at 70 and 76, your husband still will want to kill you, but I just need to know why. And I don't, I, I, I don't know. I have too many unanswered questions to like rate it high or low.
2: Yeah. I think for me, I'm still going to put this probably about a seven. And again, I think the reason for that being if he's 70 and she was 76, again, I couldn't find anything distinct in the research, but I would imagine they've been together for a very long time. And I would imagine that when you're with somebody for that amount of time, the last thing that you would ever expect is that they would beat you to death with a hammer. And so I'm like, well, you know, Carol likes me now, but what happens when we're in our seventies? You know what I mean? Like we've been together 50 years and this is the day that she snaps, you know? Well, so,
0: John, lucky for you, they now have the golden bachelor. So if that happens to you, you have an opportunity.
2: Well, she would kill me. How am I going to go on the <laughs> golden <just> bachelor? <laughs> she would be on the golden bachelorette. All right. Being like, I like this DeWalt hammer, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's again, just the idea, you know, these ones are always a little bit higher for me where it's a spouse thing. Cause it's,
0: yeah.
2: I know we've talked about it a million times, but I'm just so that, not
0: relatable to that.
2: No, no, come on. But it's just that, like, you know, you think, you know, somebody, I think this translates even to like best friends, right? Like, you know, you think, you know, somebody you trust them and stuff like that. And you never know what's going on in their head, you know?
0: If these two have lived a lifetime together, I'm just I'm just going to blow my mind.
2: Yeah, it would really surprise me if they get together like in their 60s. So I, I don't know. I'm with you. I want this to go to court. I don't want him to take any kind of plea deal where he doesn't have to testify. Like, I want to know more. But I again, I thought this was really interesting. I thought it would be a good one to bring to the table. And especially because it is so like it's happening right now. It just kind of yeah. sucked me in there a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, it's good. I mean. You
2: know, good for the type of podcast that we do. I get you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our listeners understand it.
2: 100%. Well, that is where we fall on the deadbolt test for this week's episode. Olivia is putting it smack dab in the middle at a five. I'm going a little bit higher at a seven. But as always, we want to know where does the murder of Jackie Glynn fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. Find us on Twitter at Check the Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, what in the gall darn heck are you doing? Come hang out with us. We would love to get to know you, spend some time with you. And as always, if you want to financially support the show, you like what we do, you want to help us keep the lights on, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks. Get signed up today. We got a lot of different tiers, exclusive T-shirts, coffee mugs, all things you can only get for being a patron. Plus you get the episodes ad free. We try to get them out a little bit early for our patron members, uh, just so that way, you know, you, you know, get that little perk. So if you love check the locks, but you hate commercials, Patreon is the way to go. So again, you want to help us keep the lights on. You like it. Patreon.com forward slash check the locks, get signed up today. And if you can't financially support the show, we definitely understand. We say this every week. But just listening, sharing what we do with your friends and family means just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you're telling people to check out the show. You're sending those links, letting the people who are important to you know about this little podcast. Just know that we appreciate that more than we could ever tell you. That is all that we have for this week's case. This year's first short on time. Super excited about it. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying, bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to
0: check the locks.
2: See you next week. Bye.
0: Bye.